All you scared to death Negroes. Just sit down. Don't you come out to defend our enemy. You sit down and you shut up and tell your master to come on out and deal with this. What's up, world, and welcome back to the Lives and Stuff Podcast, where hip hop heads discuss hip hop topics. On today's episode, we'll dive into a discussion on whether or not there should be a classification in hip-hop for Muslim rap, the same as there's a classification for Christian rap. We'll also discuss our opinion on why Islam is received a little differently amongst the hip-hop community as opposed to Christianity. Then, we'll dive into an in-depth album face-off of which album we thought was better, Kendrick Lamar's Plant for J. Cole's 2014 Forest Hills Drive. Then we'll dive into part two of our Beats Matter segment and discuss the question, the sampling beats qualify music as being real hip hop? Then we'll dive into another overrated, underrated. The crew will share what they've been bumping for the week. I'll present a new angle on some of the criticism of the Netflix show, Black AF, and we'll preview some upcoming topics. So with that, please kick back and enjoy the show. All right, all right. What's going on, my brother? Oh, nothing much, man. Same old thing. Quarantine. Life. You know it, man. You know it. Speaking of which, man, you, you hear the... Um, I'm not sure how old your kids are, but did you hear that there might be a possibility that they'll continue, like, uh, online remote learning all the way through to the fall? To the fall? Yeah. Well, I know they already might... Yeah, they might they might start next school year with with the same remote learning. So yeah, wow, yeah. So uh, yeah, the first day of school next year might be it might even be online. But you know that's uh, you know that's yet to be determined. That's yet to be determined. So we shall see. Yeah. But I mean, hey, that's you know it, it, it's it's I'm one of the things I'm starting to learn just through having a kid is that um, you know with the education system it's like yeah the teachers have a job of doing everything but at the end of the day you know it, it really is on the parents to make sure their kids are you know taking their education seriously or, or getting everything they need to be able to succeed in, in school and get good grades and stuff like that so you know I've kind of always felt that way but now that I have a kid I'm starting to see that more and more it's like you get your kid can be really bright and test really good, you know test into a really good school, but if the parents ain't involved, then you know they just gonna flounder. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's, it's actually to me, it's actually a good thing that their parents are starting to see, you know, everything that's involved with making sure kids, uh, you know, get their schoolwork done and, and, and stay focused, you know. But um, hey, there you have it. There you have it. The uh, have you have you been been tuning in to any more of these online battles, these online song battles these artists been doing? Um, I didn't see any this week, but uh, 
I got to see the Teddy Riley one that last Monday when they redid it. Okay. Oh, so they Love did that. Yeah, they redid it on Monday. And it okay, broke the okay, in, it broke Instagram. Okay, good, good. Because I know, I know he was having some technical difficulties, they said. Um, so it was a lot better this yeah. time around, I think. Yeah, it was. It still was some slight stuff a little bit, but it broke it, I, it broke IG. It was so many people on it. It just, Instagram shut down. The, our lives just shut down itself from Instagram. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, it yeah, was that very interesting. That don't surprise and, me, man. You, you got a, between Babyface and Teddy Riley, man, you got, you got a whole generation of people who were probably conceived to their music. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, but it was, it was crazy as far as Teddy Riley's side of things because with Teddy Riley, it appeared like he might have been in over his head. But then he started playing all of the stuff that he's produced. And you just shocked. Like, what? You made that song? I just didn't know. Like, he um, yeah. he made, um, what's that song for? Uh, not Slick Rick, but um, uh, who's the guy he always with? Beatboxer. Um, Dougie Fresh. He made the... Uh, the oh, you uh, talking about the show? Yeah, he made the show. I didn't even know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He sure did. I, you know what? I didn't know. I didn't know he had done production for Michael Jackson. Like, yeah, that too was just shocked, man. Like, I just was shocked. Yeah, wait, yeah. you know, Mike was he was already a, an established artist. You know, good and established by the time Teddy Riley came along, and for him to still, you know, reach out to him and want to work with him and have him produce songs for him, like that's. That's a huge feather in his in his hat, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, that 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 that, that also speaks yeah. to his his talent too. Yeah, he but, made uh, songs, he Mike. For, uh, yeah, but then he made songs for Keith Sweat. I was, I just didn't know. Yeah. But as soon as I saw, as soon as he played the song, I'm like, oh yeah, that is Teddy Riley. Yep. Yep. Same thing with Babyface. Sound. Yeah. Same thing with Babyface. Babyface played some stuff. I didn't know he made Bobby. So he, he produced some songs for Bobby Brown. I was shocked. Yeah, now that I didn't know. That I didn't know the the Bobby Brown stuff. I thought I thought Bobby Brown stuff was produced by man. What was the name of that 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 duo? It was like two dudes. Uh, I, I can't remember their names. I'm gonna have to look it up in a second. This is bugging me. Jimmy Jam and and. Yeah, yeah, that's who I thought was producing for Bobby Brown. Yeah, I, I just, I just didn't know. I was very amazed. It was like not only was the the music had a nostalgia to it, but it was just like also very shocking. It was like you just didn't know that they were that hard at work with music. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, mm, pretty dope. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Did you hear people want to? Um, People are starting to clamor for a uh, a Lauren Hill versus Erica Badu battle. No, I didn't hear that, but um, it would only have to. It would only, It can only be ten songs long. <laughs> Lauren Hill, like, she ain't got enough. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it would. Yeah, it would. It would be. I think you could probably squeeze. You might be able to squeeze like maybe fifteen if you don't want some. Yeah, but, stuff. but all you're doing is playing her album. You know, it's like. She you don't she doesn't have a, a she doesn't have enough cachet in order for it to um 
you to be shocked. It'll be all the songs. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like no shockers. Yeah. It's yeah. Eli and her whole album. <laughs> killing me softly. Don't forget about killing me softly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was but I mean, it would be, it would, it would be, it would be nice though. But she just don't have the catalog. Yeah, she should have the catalog, but she, you know, I would be going in it with that mindset already. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I, I would probably put Erica Badu up against somebody like Jill Scott, maybe. And even then, it it seems a little unfair because Erica Badu, she just. She she she's got she number one she's got a really expansive catalog, and number two, her fan base is like I think a lot more passionate and, and dedicated than maybe you know the people who listen to Jill Scott. Yeah, that's true. But the music she, don't lie. Got, when the song get when the song gets played, whatever it makes you feel on that moment, it makes you feel it. So it's like if it's play, if the song's played right, you know. But yeah, I'm trying to think who could go against Eric about it. Sade, maybe? Hmm, that's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. Because they're both eccentric, so it's like I'm trying to go for eccentricity. That would be interesting. Yeah. Um, Sade, she also has a diehard fan base. So. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um. Shoot, yeah, that might be a good one actually. Erica Badu and uh, yeah. Shade. Yeah, they both got funny enough material. Yeah, funny enough, me and Greg Smith, we doing, we, we probably doing something this Friday, uh, um, a battle zone, uh, and we like, you know, for real, my brother has that yacht party. Was it's oh, not? Oh no, I didn't up. know about that. Yeah, he, he, in his uh, in his yacht party page on Facebook. He he's, okay. he's he, well. I think tomorrow he's gonna set the pole up. It's like like me and Greg is we gonna do a, a versus. So it's gonna be either Marvin Gaye versus Teddy Pendergrass or um or for the for the new school Neo versus Bruno Mars. So everybody gets to decide which one they want to hear. Oh, which one they want. That's a good one, man. I like that second one. I like that second one a little more. Marvin versus Teddy, man. That's a I'll, that's a no brainer. That's a no brainer. Now I would do. I would do Marvin versus Curtis Mayfield. That's a good one too. And well, Marvin seems like the no-brainer until you get deep into that Pendergrass library, and you're like, "Whoa, not Teddy, so much." Teddy, Teddy's got some. He's got some heat. He's got some heat. He, he's. I do think he gets a little, you know, underrated and slept on. But dude, what's going on is one of the greatest R&B albums of all time. Top five, easy. Like top three, really, to me. That's true. So then, it's, yeah, what's going it's all on? about strategy? It's about strategy yeah. too. How you play the song? So um, it'll be interesting. It's all for it's all for the culture anyway. But um, that Neo yeah, versus yeah. Bruno would be very interesting too. Yeah, that'd, that'd be dope. very that'd be dope. All right, man. So we gonna we gonna go ahead, man. We gonna dive right into this, man. Our um our first topic for the for the for the show tonight. This is this is one of these questions that's been kind of going around. This conversation has been kind of uh, sparked by the fact that Jay Electronica's album that he recently dropped was was, was so heavy with the um, you know with the Islamic references in his lyrics. Now this is something that's not new for him, and, and we've heard all of this before. But um, I wanted to ask a question, man. 
just throw it up there for a discussion. Do you think that there should be a classification in hip hop for Muslim rap the same as there's a classification for Christian rap? Um, when you take into the account the presence of artists like JL Electronica and and, uh, and others, I'll get to them in a second. Well, it's like I say yes and no. I say it should be like because you know Christian rap. They don't even really call that hip-hop. Like, it seems like that's not even considered hip-hop in a sense. But then again, it is. You know, but I think I, I would say yes and no. It's according if you're trying to take what, what Jay Electronica does away from hip-hop. Because, like I said, Christian rap is almost something completely separate from that. Um, I would say yes and no. I would say it would be it would be cool to have that sub like in parentheses because mm-hmm. it's so heavily written in there. You know, it's like that's the content is sixty percent, you know, Muslim record. Five percent or stuff, you know. Right. Um, so yeah, I think it would. And I think also like Toby, I don't, I, don't, I always get his last name wrong. But he no, should no, have that eight. sub yeah, he should have that parentheses of of like Christian almost the way he raps. Um, right. I don't know what he is actually, but you know, he um he has a lot of he has a lot of spiritual references. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. You, you know what, man? I don't even I don't even have an answer to that question to be quite honest. Um, because there, I, and I say that because I, I realize Christian rap is a thing, but there are artists that I, I've been fans of that I'll look them up online and under classification it'll say Christian rap and I'm like hmm I didn't know dude was a Christian rapper but it's because when you listen to their actual songs they're not pushing like any heavy gospel or evangel- evangelical message in their music they just kind of sound like just kind of conscious artists to me there, there was this one guy in particular I'm a fan of um, named Pigeon John and I saw that label on one of his records, Christian Rap. I'm like, I'm like, this ain't Christian Rap. But then I thought about it, and I'm like, you know what? Don't touch on his records. And then spots where he's like clearly saying like the N word, they they edit. And I was like, oh, okay, like okay, maybe he's just a squeaky clean dude. That's what I'm thinking. So yeah. a lot of it has kind of gotten past me. Like I don't know if you've ever heard of Lecrae. Um, the name sounds familiar, but I'm not. I don't know his music. Okay, okay. There's this other dude named Lecrae that's like a Christian rapper, but you know he he's been able to enjoy some level of of success, you know, in his in his genre, and you know, and there are others who uh, another another guy I listen to named Element O. Apparently, he's one too, uh, a Christian rapper. But I've I've never I never caught that that part. Of it. I'm like I never listened to one of they they albums, and at the end of it, I was like, man, this is awfully preachy. You know what I mean? I just I, I I didn't experience that. Whereas with somebody like Jay Electronic, within the first sixteen bars, it's like okay, it's clear he's wearing his yeah. face on his sleeve. You know. Yeah. You know. So for me, the bigger question is why does hip hop seem to rock more with Islam than with Christianity? I think that Islam. I think the way the words used in Islam 
sound cooler than stuff this than Christian stuff. Like um, when you think about it, ex, uh, ex, was it Exhibit A or Exhibit C? When he was like, when he did like a whole eight bars straight Islamic words, you know. And I was like, I don't even know what he's saying, but I love what he's saying, you know. When he broke right. that down, I was like, okay, this, but whatever he's saying, it just sounds cool. And so um, I think that's why. And then, the, in my opinion, this might be other people, there's this enigma about Islam that Christianity doesn't have because it's been around so long. But the Islam, as far as like when it comes to the black people's interpretation of it, it has an enigma to it. Um, somewhat of a, a mystery, a curiosity to it. And when, and when you hear it in rap, it, 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 you hear it differently than when you hear God, Jesus, Yahweh, you know, whatever references or phrases they'll use. It just sounds different to the ear. In yeah. my opinion. Yeah. That could be it. <clears throat> that could be it. it. It is something different for the most part. It's like, you know, hip hop comes from black people and black people, or black Americans, I should say, you know, grew up in the church, you know, and I think I, I thought about this a little bit. And, and, and one, of the, one of the things I thought about is that when it comes to Islam, Islam seems to in the black community and the hip hop community, Islam seems to take a more take on a more come as you are mentality or approach. Whereas with Christianity or with Christendom, it's like okay, you gotta clean yourself up. Uh, don't be don't be saying no cuss words. Put your pants up, and, and don't be smoking them reefers and talking all the boom boom pow. And you know what I mean? It's like it's kind of like the the, the um, I guess you could say the, uh, the the MO of Christianity is to evangelize and convert people, whereas with Islam, especially with like the the nation of Islam and the five percent nation, they they've taken more of a come as you are approach with hip hop and hip hop artists. Like, oh, you know what? We're not going to judge y'all for y'all lyrics. We're just about black solidarity, this this and that. You know, if you, if you want to take on the, the the religious parts of it, cool, but. If not, we still gonna rock with you and support you. I think that's kind of part of it too. Yeah, that's true. But well, I but on the flip side as well, um, it seems like it's like if the people that are part of the the religion and not just using the references, they're less hypocritical than Chris, Chris people that have Christian stuff in their lyrics. You know, they they you know they talk about more uplifting things in terms of families, black families and sophistication. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have a person, well, Chance the Rapper, he's not a good example, but you have a person that, uh, <laughs> so Chance the Rapper is not a, not a good example because he's actually pretty moral um, than, he's, he has more morality within his lifestyle than most rappers. You know he got yeah, a he, he's a pretty he loves his wife so um he has he doesn't have as much hypocrisy as say uh anybody else that would have talking about shooting somebody and killing them at the same time talking about getting blessings from god so or you know <laughs> they smash everything walking but they talking about you know you know what i'm saying yeah 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 they it's, 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 it's less hypocrisy there 
yeah, it's a walking contradiction. You know, it's a walking contradiction. Um, at least with the lyrical content. I, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, maybe that's it. Because for, for some people, but for, I know for me, like, I never... I never looked at an artist and tried to pigeonhole them because they were talking about, you know, gunplay in one rhyme, and then in the next rhyme talking about, <clears throat> man, I want to, I want to, I want to see the world be a better place. I want to get closer to God, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think that's just, I think that's just the, the, the duality of man, you know. We we oh, you're right. That's the human experience, right? Yeah, yeah. We got our sinful side, right. and then we got our more spiritual side and like just because we might speak on, on one side or the other in different instances that doesn't necessarily mean we're not genuine it just means that that's how we felt at that time um you know so i i try not to i try not to judge artists too much on that like oh he's a hypocrite he, he, nah, nah, I'm, I'm, not even he, I'm not i'm not talking about he's a hypocrite but i'm just talking about Speaking, oh, I know, like the hypocrisy within the lyrics, not like him personally. It's like because all he's doing is talking his experience from what he understands, um, and what he's living through. Just like whenever I write anything, it's, it's, it's based off of my experience. So, like, I'll have a lot of spiritual undertone. I may not be saying something directly from the Bible, but it'll have a spiritual undertone because of my upbringing and my, my human experience. So, Absolutely. But I wouldn't say what I'm doing. I say what I'm doing is straight hip hop. So, Absolutely. you know, so I guess maybe like, it's hard to say. It's, you can say yes or no, because when it says when you put that, that connotation on this type of hip hop is Islamic hip hop, then it's like you typecast it, so to speak. So it's it right, and and that's that's one thing that Christian rappers have kind of complained about. Like, you know, I, I can't remember what video I, it was I was watching, but they were kind of talking about um, how Christian rappers they 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 do get pigeonholed because you know they don't curse in their lyrics or you know I, I don't I don't really know how one gains that label of being a Christian rapper to be quite honest because. Like I said, I, I've actually liked some artists who I come to find out after the fact had that label, and then there are people who have that label who I've never, I won't even like listen to because they have that label. So I see their complaint because their whole thing is like it pigeonholes us, it keeps us from achieving a certain level of success. But this other guy mm -hmm. over here could make a whole album about being a Muslim, you know, and it's celebrated. And I, from the Christian rap corner, they they feel like it's a little unfair and a little uh, biased, which which I get. I, I get the complaint, you know, totally. Um, it should just be uh, another thing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I'm just saying. I think it, I think it should just be hip hop, but then it could have sub, like a sub type of thing. I don't think it should be sub genre. Yeah. Yeah. Just like I feel like there should be a connotation of the uh, blanketed thing is hip hop but then you got what people have called mumble rapper but it should be this isn't hip hop this is this version of hip hop because yeah, you got yeah, like this I, I, hip hop I, I, yeah I've had that debate I've had that debate with many people like some people feel like I personally don't have a problem with giving stuff another label like if it's not if, if the person making the music has gone out of their way to let it be known like hey I'm not a traditional MC I'm not a lyricist blah 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 
you know then I, I do feel like it has the right to be called something else like urban contemporary music or whatever but yeah. some artists they've, they've come out and they, they they feel that that label is racist like oh why we got to be urban and it's like you know it, it's called urban because it has some of the same elements and trappings of hip-hop music but it's decidedly not hip. you know what i mean and it's like i personally don't have a problem with that with that labeling be, because it, it kind of creates a certain expectation you know or I'm, I, sh- I should put this it, it gets rid of a certain expectation like when i when i hear the word hip-hop in my in my mind i'm thinking like beats and bars you know what i mean but then you turn mm-hmm. something on that has that label of hip-hop and it's a bunch of auto-tune crooning and you know it, it's all wavy yeah. sounding and it's like okay y'all need to call this something else because this is not you know to me, it's not. It's yeah. not my definition of hip hop. Um, yeah, you know what they call it. They should call yeah, it what? pop hop. Pop hop. Yeah, yeah. Some people have called it that. Some people have called it that. So, because everybody going doing it. The, yeah. Like Ariana Grande is, can sing the same song that um the Migos can sing. They all stealing each other's uh um cadences. Like everybody, like. Um, Justin Bieber is on a song, doing songs with Tiger. It's all, it's all interlaced. So it's just be like, man, y'all just doing pop pop. You know, that's that's yeah. what it's called. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But but going back to the to the Muslim Christian thing, man. Like I I I, I think another another reason too is just identity. You know what I mean? Like identity is uh, is a big thing. I heard this one Red Fox joke, um, and I, I'll, I'll give you the edited version. Um, he was saying, yeah, I used to be Catholic, and when I found out I couldn't be Pope, I said, screw him. And um, it's, a, <laughs> it's a funny joke because it's like, I thought about it like, okay, the head of the church is the Pope, okay? All the Popes are white. All the Popes are going to be white. The head of the NOI is Farrakhan, you know, uh, the, the the dude who started the 5% Nation, uh, Clarence 13X, black guy. So I think I think that's part of it, too. Um, you know, this religion reflects in, 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 the, in the minds of, of the hip-hop community, they look at that particular religion as more accurately reflecting them physically and and reflecting their ideals too so i think that's another reason why hip-hop kind of rocks with with it a little more that, yeah that's does that make sense oh yeah definitely and then see and then it's like so you got the, the islamic people and their religion they they are known for being out in these streets whether they whether they the uh the, the kufi wear types or the ones that's out there with the bow ties and the and the bean pies. They out in these mm-hmm. streets. They they have a presence in the streets that Christians don't have. Um you know, uh the Christians that's in the churches. They don't have that same presence in the way in like the, the straight, like in the mud type uh level, street level. Like they may have some certain <laughs> Preachers that'll have that'll be on TV and that'll be outside doing some stuff, but we talking about in the mud, in the gutter, in the streets, and that's 
That's the Islam. They out there. Right, right. Yeah, that, that is true. That is true. That's me in New York, man. It's like, they out there. Yeah, New York, in, in, Detroit, in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, we, yeah, Chicago, New York, Detroit, they have a, a long history with, um, <clears throat> you know, the nation of Islam. Uh, my mom's side of the family, they, um, uh, quite a number of them uh, were, were with the nation when uh, my mom and them were growing up on the west side back in the 60s. And my mom actually used to know um, Elijah Muhammad's grandson. She, she told me he used to throw these, these crazy parties back in the day. So, I mean, it, it, there's, yeah, there's a long history there. Most definitely. Most definitely. All right, man. So, we'll move right along to our next topic, man. I'm going to go ahead, man. I'm going to do this album face-off. And, um, okay. I'm glad I got you on for this. I'm glad I got you on for this one. Uh, hold on. Let me give me one second and pull up these tracks. This is going to be a rough. <laughs> yeah, bro, oh boy. Tell me about it. <laughs> I'm usually a contrarian with this type of stuff, but yeah, it's going to be a rough one. You need to tell your boy, uh, tell your boy Greg, he should have hopped on for this one. <laughs> I just got on the phone with him, man, 20 minutes ago. <laughs> All right, so for, for this week's album face-off, uh, we're going to be discussing and comparing uh, Kendrick Lamar's third album, uh, I call it the Dang album, <laughs> versus J. Cole's third album, um, 2014 Forest Hills Drive. Uh, now with Kendrick, it's technically his fourth album, but it, it was his third industry album. Um, so, and the last album I, I, that we actually got from him. That album was released in 2017, and J. Cole's album, 2014 Forest Hills Drive was released at the end of 2014. And often we see a lot of comparisons when we talk about leaders of the new school of hip-hop. We see a lot of comparisons between J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar. You know, um, they are they are clearly like the voices of the new school generation of, uh, of, of, of hip-hop. And uh, they, they're the, um, you know, they're the trailblazers. Yeah, they're the barometer right there. That's what I call them. Exactly, they, they kind of like the the standard bearer, so to speak. So, um, you had uh, okay. So for Kendrick Lamar's Dang album, you had uh, let me get to this track listing. You had about yeah, fourteen tracks. J Cole's Forest Hills, twenty fourteen Forest Hills Drive. You had thirteen tracks, and um, the last one. I'm, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna just give it up to you, Vince, man. Talk about these albums. What, what did you like about them? Which one were you feeling more? Which one do you think is a more solid piece of work? Uh, it's hard to say. Um, I'm not biased on on on, on J Cole because, like, right when I say I look, I love J Cole more. I find I, I listen to the older Kendrick stuff and I go right back into loving him more. But <laughs> J. Cole, J. Cole's album, it, 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 uh, it hit me more emotionally. So a lot of times, I base how much, I, how much, how good an album is based off of like how it connects with me emotionally. The Dism album, that's what I call it. I didn't really okay. connect with it emotionally. I didn't really, really connect with it emotionally. But that Forest Hill Drive, um, that man was, he was speaking about life. At least his life. 
and um, it just I just connected with. It. Now it it doesn't have as many straight up banger hits as Kendrick, but I think as a I think the album flows better, like cohesively. I think it's like one it's like a, a one unit of uh, music. I think I think it's better in, in that sense. So you think it, it flows better from beginning to end? Yeah, I think it's one cohesive project. Um, better. And then like, like just name as far as the Dism album, name name some of the songs. Like name the the, uh, the song. Okay, so for the Dizzle album, I like that. <laughs> you have Blood as the introduction. Um, where he's talking to the he and, and, and approaches the old lady. Then it goes right into yeah. DNA. Then mm-hmm. right after that you got Yah. Then you got Element. Then you got Feel, which is one of my personal favorites. And you had Loyalty featuring Rihanna. You had Pride. You had Humble. Uh, you had Lust. You had Love featuring Zakara. You had Triple X featuring U2, which is a kind of an underrated song. Um, then you had Fear. Fear is another one. Um, mm-hmm. And then you You had God Which is one like I'm finding a lot of people don't like that track I, I, I like that track And then you had Duckworth For like Oh um, yeah <laughs> The cherry on the top Yeah Now see this is This is the only thing That When it comes to Kendrick Lamar Where he bothers me Cause Writing is top notch, but when he gets to the like trying to do different things with his voice, it 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 bothers me, man. It's like it's like chalk on a chalkboard for me. Like when you know he goes into this mode where he starts sounding like a um like a leprechaun to me, you know. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you know it's the thing he just like what he does with his voice. Yeah, like I don't care. I know you really care. Yeah, I don't care for the loyalty song at all. Like, I know people love it because it's Rihanna on it, but uh, it ain't nothing special to me. Um, Fear, uh, DNA, Duckworth, I love those. Okay, okay. Um, but it's, it, to me, like, what was your opinion on the album? Do you feel like it was cohesive? Yeah. Yes, I absolutely feel it was cohesive. I felt I felt some of the production got a little derivative and you know, it felt like okay, he, he's just kinda he's just kinda trying to give us a little ear candy here. He he's trying to make the medicine go down he's trying to give us the medicine with a spoonful of sugar here with some of these beats. And I felt he didn't really need to do that. Like I'm 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 bigger fans of tracks like uh Fear and Elements. Uh, Steel, I really love. That's when he was like, "Ain't nobody praying for me." Uh, what else did I really like? I did like, I did like Blood for what it was worth. Love Duckworth. Um, like I said, I felt Triple X was was a little underrated. I think there was a message in there that kind of, you know, went past some people. I I felt overall, it was it was a great cohesive album. I, I think I do think he got a little sugary with some of the beats. Uh, like, and, and it's not the songs that most people talk about. I think I, I wish the beat on DNA was a little bit more original. I wish that you know, humble, um, humble. I always thought humble was just okay. Oh, see, humble, 
the humble, um, it accomplished what it should have. Like, um, like it did what it was supposed to do. It it was playful. It had enough creativity where you remember it real quick, which is what you need for that type of song. Um, but then he, he snuck some good stuff in there. It wasn't necessarily lyrical, but just was like, you know what, you're right. Like the um, the little stretch marks reference. Like, nothing lyrical about it, but it's true what he's saying. So, like, that's good writing, because sometimes you don't have to write something extremely deep for it to be meaningful, you know? Or have substance to it. And so that song, he did that. He he played he played enough for the crowd, I mean, for the um, masses of people to, um, for it to be a club hit, but still be true to itself. Right. But um DNA the dude was just riding the beat, so you can't even like he from the jump he was going he was going in. Can't even be mad at that. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Maybe it's me. Maybe I don't like any Mike Will made at productions. I had that I, I think that dude is overrated. But um so so you're giving the you're giving the edge to twenty fourteen Forest Hills Drive. Emotionally, yeah. So so uh, lay out me, the um yeah lay out the songs for that. So you had the you had the intro with the strings and everything where he was saying uh, uh, who was he saying do you want to be do you want to be well you can't yeah, you one. can't tell me that you can't tell that me that that didn't that nice. make you feel a certain way. Yeah, that was a nice little intro. You had you had January twenty eighth. You had then it went into wedge rings. In O three adolescence, a tale of two cities, uh, fire. I know that ruffled some feathers. Then you had uh, Saint Tropez. You had G O M D. You had no role models. Then you had hello. Then you had apparently. Then you had love yours, and then finally note to self. And no, that note to self was great. Even though he was that that was the one when he was just um just. Thanking everybody that was on his album, right? <laughs> that yeah, that yeah, had to do with the album. Basically. Yeah, he was just basically. But it was still cool. The beat and stuff was still cool. Yeah, it was. I felt that track went on a little too long. Like I felt that track went on way, a little way too, too long. long. <laughs> I, I like I like for albums to end on a good note. Like, okay, you we on the last track. Stick the landing, please. It's been a it's been a great ride. Just. Let's just stick this landing, put your final stamp on this product, and and end it right. That's what I want out of out of a final track or outro. And I am not a fan of long extended outros. So it, it was it was cool. It wasn't whack, but it, it just after a while you're like, okay, can we wrap this up? Um, yeah, that was fourteen minutes long. That was every bit. Of, yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah. I felt. Let me see here. We. I, because like when, when I when I first put these two albums together or picked these two albums, I was absolutely sure I was likely going to go with the Dizza album. But when you read those when you read those songs out, you just start changing, right? Because <laughs> it's so like see, um, I'm not saying uh, Kendrick doesn't. I think in his earlier music, his stuff connected emotionally connected to you emotionally um 
his, his songs, in my opinion, as of late, they've been great songs, but I don't connect with them on an emotional level. But Cole, he does, it's just the way, if he has, to, the way he does his, 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 uh, the way he does it, the cadence of his voice, like he has like this sadness to his voice, like when he, whenever he starts to croon or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, the way, you're right. It's the way, um, and like, I, for some reason, I, I connect with that um when he when he's writing in that space that's when i connect with him more when he started doing stuff like uh was it nice watch or what was that song when he started doing trash oh, like gold that watch. the gold watch that's gold. Some trash but chain and day <laughs> uh um i think that's it so you know yeah. kendrick or cole <laughs> no cole yeah when cole did i forget what song it was yeah but i forget the name of it but that that was some trash to me um, he needs to just stay in his um, halfway depressed slash uh, coming up mode. That's where I connect with him. And I don't need to, like, and, you know, me being a DJ, I don't need to play his music at the club for me to love him. I actually, that's what I love about him the most is that he don't yeah. have to make bank club bangers. Yeah, he just makes quality music with no frills, no gimmicks, and people respond to it. Like, everybody knows the single from Kendrick's Dizza album, but what was the single from 2014 Forest Hill? Um, I go through them again. So, of course, no, his, um, the woman we just talked about a girl. I think no, um, you know, we'll go, go through the album again, and I'll tell you which one. So you had January 28th, you had Wedge Ring, you, you had OG Adolescent. Which one? Wedge Ring. Wedge Ring was the single, okay. Yeah, okay. That had I, everybody I don't remember hearing his stuff on the radio. Like, I, I, I do recall the, the Kendrick songs. I, I remember uh, uh, Humble and DNA and Loyalty were everywhere. But, like, I'm like, man, what, yeah. was, the, what was the single from J. Cole's album? And, okay, it was Wedge Ring. Which, no, I remember Wet um, Dream. Was that the one we was talking about? His, the girl in high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was all over the radio. Okay. Okay. Was it? Okay. I don't, I don't ever remember hearing it. But, um, but then again, I, I think it was another it. it was another song, too. You had to if you keep going down the album, I can tell you. You, you, had, you had Tell the Two Cities. You had Fire Squad. You had San Tropez. Uh, G-O-M-D. No Role Models. Hello. Apparently. No uh, Role Models. No role models. Okay, <clears throat> but still wasn't the same radio players. You know, humble. All right, man. I I, I I still haven't decided which one I like more. To be quite honest, um, um, because I might, I might. <laughs> this might be the first ever draw in an album face-off I've ever done. And I could, um, I could give you that. Because I can give you that because I always have to take my bias away. Um, like I said, I have a I have an affinity towards J. Cole. And see, I don't have a I don't have a bias toward either one. I, I'm a I'm a fan of both these dudes, like equally. And and but I, I, I can acknowledge that one is one is considerably his his lyrics are considerably denser, but J. Cole is such a uh you know, like like Kendrick is the more artsier of the of the two, definitely. But J. Cole is such a everyday man's MC. It's like yep. wet dreams I could totally I could totally relate to. O three adolescence. 
let's talk about that track where he was over his his homeboy's house who was in the streets basically and didn't have a good upbringing but they were friends and he was trying to do stuff to impress his boy and his boy basically was looking at him like he was corny like you don't got to do this dude. Yeah, like you're a clown yeah you're a clown I'm, i, I want to be like you and you you trying you to know. be like me and that's something we all relate to you know like i, I shouldn't say we all can relate to it, but I, I know i can definitely relate to it you know because you just it, it that song has so much you know how they say hindsight 2020 it, 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 this, this mm-hmm. song has so much of that you know and it was like it's just funny how you think people see you growing up when you're growing up and then you find out they they see something totally different and it's like you're looking at them like man i want to be like 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 homie but he's looking at you like man i wish you know i grew up in a two-parent household i wish i had you know options growing up to pursue school in and you know but i gotta do this other stuff in the street and yeah you don't realize that till you get older but when you're when you're an adolescent and you're in it you're just you're just trying to impress your friends and i think that song really really captured that very well um and then of course fire squad he was speaking on the industry i felt this is hard love yours too that was that was um that was on that was on the radio too love yours was okay okay yeah um it's like both these albums have such great high points you know what i mean like i felt Mm -hmm. i felt that like if i had to criticize them though the only thing the one thing i would hold against the Dizza album is some of the production and it felt that he was shooting for radio play with a lot with a few of these songs mm-hmm. but but he still brought so much lyrically it was like I didn't care you know but but then with the J. Cole it's like one thing I would hold against it is how it ended like I was not feeling how he closed out the album at all um I didn't really like G-O-M-M-D as a song, and I didn't really like Apparently. And then on Kendrick's album, I didn't really like, uh, man, what was the name of that song? Was it Lust? I didn't like Lust, and I didn't really, I didn't really care for DNA that much. But, uh... Oh, you talking, talking about Love or Lust? Yeah, uh, the, the, me saying it now, I sound like a leprechaun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's hard, man. That's hard. Whew. I'm gonna call it a draw, man. I'm gonna call it a draw. Yeah, I, I'll call it a draw too. Um, I feel like I'll if I declare a, a winner, if I declare a winner, man, I'm gonna go back and listen to something else and be like, ah, oh, no, I should have went with the other one. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a. Hmm. I would, I would call it a draw. But we can we can settle it this way there. Remember, right after um, Forest Hills, um, right after that album, Kendrick mm-hmm. uh, made a song off of J Cole's beat, and J Cole made a song off of Kendrick's beat. Yeah, yeah. We'll settle it there. Who did a better job on on on, on each person's song? And uh, and then, unfortunately, Kendrick, I think Kendrick did better. They both, they, it was both of it was cold, but Kendrick, I think Kendrick did better. I might have to agree with you, but I don't want to. 
I might have to agree with you, but I don't want to. I don't want to factor that in because they weren't. Ne- neither one of these songs made made either out. So it kind of changed nah, the waters a little bit. That's true. So uh, it'll be a draw there because I could. I can't say. So it's like you. The thing about it is, this is why it's a draw to me because you're gonna say what album what album you're listening to at the time is the better album. <laughs> yeah Cause like yeah, While I'm listening to Kendrick Cole Kendrick album Be like Oh yeah This is the better one But then when I'm listening To J. Cole I was like Nah this is the better one So it would have to be a draw Yeah it, it's, it's it's hard Because I, I When I was preparing for this And making my notes Um You know I I listened to these Back to back And I was just like Man I really don't know Which one I'm gonna go with Like you know, it's like both of these albums have things or visit topics that, like, I just, I, I really dug. Like, we, we didn't even talk about Fear. Um, the track on uh, on Kendrick's album where he was talking about, um, he, he was basically playing the role of, like, a, a abusive black parent. You remember that? Yeah. You know, and... Yeah. You know, and the way he framed it in the in that song in a song called Fear is like, man, it's like he's really driving home how early in the home, in the black home, it's like we 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 establish a environment of fear for our children to to get them to behave, and then that fear like just kind of carries on with them through life. You know what I mean? And it's like I think he did that in a very um, just you know creative way on that song and then he was like uh, and then the other verse where um he was talking about all the things that that that's probably going to happen to him in the streets and it was just good man it was just a good song it was just a good song it really made you think yeah 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 it just really made you think um <laughs> yeah i i it's hard, man. It's hard. We might we might have to lead this one up to the crew, man. Next week. Yeah. yeah. They're probably going to say Kendrick. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. We got some we got some dedicated Cole fans. I know I know Dave is one. Um Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I I I to see I had another <laughs> I had another album face off I really wanted to do next week, too. Do you have somebody else tap in? Oh, yeah, this is bigger than Nino Brown, baby. Oh, snap. What's going on, Jamil? What up? Hey, what's up? What's happening, Fas- man? Fashionable- fashionably late. What's up, man? <laughs> yeah, he get to decide now. He the one to decide. My apologies, man. These, these bricks don't sell themselves, though. <laughs> 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 hey, this this coke ain't gonna cut itself, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So Jamil, man, we we you you came in at a very convenient time, man. Me and Vince are sitting here parsing it out. We think we might have our first actual draw on oh. um an, al- an album face off. Really. Interesting. Vince, yeah. Vince was leaning toward Vince was leaning toward Cole at first, but as we started talking it out, it was like it's it's like too close. It's kind of, it's too close to call, man. It's too close to call. So I'm gonna leave it up to you. You had Kendrick's okay. Visa album. 
You got J. Cole's 2014 Forest Hills Drive. What did you like about these albums? There's a lot to like about them, and which one do you feel was the doper one? Um, there's absolutely a lot to like about both of them. Um, I'll start with Kendrick. Uh, I love the idea that you can play you can play it both ways. You know what I mean? You get uh, uh, the sequence works fr- um, from front to back or back to front. I thought that was that was super creative um, and kind of hard to pull off to make it still work. So I thought that was super dope. Uh, I really, 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 really like his intro. Um, I thought that was that was ill, and it was interesting to me that a lot of people missed what was going on in that intro. Um, I thought that was dope. There were some definite misses on this one, though. Um, I talked about those. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a couple, a couple, couple low spots. You know, with the King of R and B on there, Jacquees. <laughs> um, nobody hates stuff. The, the Cole album, though, a, a very similar situation where. You know, it started off super, super strong, and it was a, a, a really good project, but it too suffered from those spots. Um, I had to listen to both of them just today because it, it was too close to call in my memory bank. I was like, I gotta listen to back to back, see what's what. Um, at the end of the day, I had to go with the cold because although they both had low spots, because you got more out of the Cole album overall, um, because it was longer, I think they. But they did you? Did you get more out of it? I think you did. I think you did. I think you did. Like, and I'm, I'm not. It was probably three or four songs that were weak on the Cole album. There's probably three or four songs that were weak on the Kendrick album, and the Cole album was longer. You got more good stuff. Out of the uh, the Forest Hills album, and you got out of the game. That Forest Hills intro was dope too. Yeah, it is. It just, it just, like I said, it captured emotion. It, it gives you, yeah. it puts you in this, it puts you in a certain several mood. different, several different types of emotion you got out of that one too. Um, you know, he had the the. The, you know, smashing for the first time perspective. You got the um, the uh, uh, what is it called? Um, I can't think of the title. Why is it escaping me right now? Fire Squad. That was dope. Um, as far as the Kendrick is concerned, it, it, yeah, I think. <laughs> The low points on the Kendrick were probably lower than those on the Cole as well. But what I will say, even though I'm choosing the Cole, my favorite song on either album definitely came off of the Kendrick, and that was Duck Work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. I can't, I can't necessarily say the best out of all of them, but that Duck Work is hot, man. It's just that was my favorite. Yeah. I don't know if it, it was technically the best, but it was definitely my favorite because I did not. You know what I'm gonna do? Just as far as his best what? songs out of the, the two albums, I would actually give What's Kendrick that? Spear. Interesting. Yeah, I can't, I can't dispute that. Spear was dope. 
It just, yeah, it, right. Right. That song just has so many layers to, to me. Um, yes. And it, it fit right in, in tune with how the album went because it was layers to that whole thing. Like, as a, as a complete package, Kendrick, Kendrick did something different for sure. But just musically, I think Cole probably brought the goods a little bit more. So, so you don't mind 14 minute long outros, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I ignored that. <laughs> if the music was the music was was, was uh, funky enough, <laughs> but nah, it should not have been no fourteen minutes. Nah, I just think that was a celebration of what he what he accomplished up to that point in his career. He said yeah, a lot in that outro. There was a lot of self congratulatory stuff. Yeah. But fortunately, in the streaming era, we can kind of ignore stuff when we want to. <laughs> that yeah. is true. That is true. But I'm, um, yeah, that is true. Um, okay, so you giving you giving the edge to J Cole, uh, Vince, yeah. man. You, you you got you got a you got a winner yet? Man, I, I still I'm still in the same mindset of whatever album I'm listening to at that time is the one I think is the best because it's like right, right. I, get, I, get, I get reminded of why this is so dope when I listen to it on both albums so it's like I'm feeling it at that time but like I said my emotional favorite is gonna be Forest Hills Drive cause he, he, he knows how to like Kendrick is great at you realizing his point. Kendrick, for me, is great at me emotionally connecting to his point. So, or what emotionally connecting to like what he's what it, to the subject matter. Um, Kendrick is good at me seeing his point. Like he's a good debater when it comes to his when it, when it comes to his writing. Like J Cole is like a great storyteller. Off, off on the street that make you just feel wrapped up into what he's saying it's like man because he's so good at telling the story he's so good at telling what you know saying whatever it is he's saying at the time right. so my emotional yeah. favorite is going to be j cole but he's a when i'm listening j cole is a very is a very straight spoken mc um i just thought of something remember those two tracks remember um it was it was false prophets that he dropped, and what was the other track he dropped around that time? Somebody would have said it would be like this, be like this. Oh, uh, is that false? Yeah, that's false prophets. Uh, then he had that other one where um, I can't think of the name of it, but man, those are dope too. <laughs> man, if those had made it to to 2014 Forest Hills Drive. I probably would have gave the nod to 2014 Forest Hills Drive. I'm thinking about it now. I'm going to go ahead and, get, and give the nod to Kendrick. I think 10 years from now, people are going to listen to that album and still be blown away. And I'm not saying that that's not going to happen with the Cole, but, you know, I, I just, I got, I got to pick a winner. I got to pick a winner. And I, I, I guess I'm, I'm going to... I'm gonna go with with Kendrick just because of what he just the way he he just themed out that whole album and and the way the 
the the outro came together with the intro and just wrapped everything up and drove everything home. And I feel the I feel the low points on that album weren't as low as low points on the J Cole. I'll put it that way. Yeah, but then if I mention those the song about I can't see the the name of the song, but we're just talking about his experience with old girl in high school then you go right back to trying to decide because like even though i didn't have that experience i had a very similar one in terms of the uh the feeling the feeling of it when you you know what i'm saying like that that feeling is there man like that song is undeniable like when i first heard it i'm like oh my god this is the greatest thing in the world right now yeah, you see, you see, you literally see names and faces in people's houses, and it's like, right. even right. if your story didn't end the way his ended, even if your story didn't end the way his ended, you, you, you were like, I got an experience much like this. Right. Yeah, man, if you feel emotionally, like I said, that emotion, he knows how to get you emotionally gripped in a way that I don't know if Kendrick does, well, at least for me, but like I said, um, it's hard for me to say. I'm, I'm going to just be like, whatever I'm listening to at the time, it's just going to be that for me. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Good, good one, man. Good discussion. Um, I, I, we got to do, you missed a little bit of it, Jamil, but we got to do kind of like an in-depth, almost track-by-track synopsis of both these albums. Um, and uh, just, just kind of dig into them, man. Um, and, man, since we still didn't talk about San Tropez, uh, well, no, we so, didn't. But but we'll let that one rest. Maybe maybe I'll end the show on that one. <laughs> Real quick, um, this is one of these million dollar questions I wanted to ask the group. Um, uh, we're not gonna have time to dive into it in detail. Um, going back to this this topic of production. Um, but one thing I wanted to ask you guys: the sampling for beats, the sampling when it comes to production and hip hop. Does that qualify the music for you as real hip hop using samples? Meaning, if you yeah. don't use samples, it's not correct. Correct. There's not. There's not from. What do you mean? Not, there's not. Not necessarily. I would say not necessarily. Like I don't think you have to. I don't think you have to use samples to be considered real hip hop. Um, but what tends to happen for me is when sampling is used you tend to have more of a soulful sound to it that feels like something. A lot of times when it's, um, you know, just used, like you could tell a producer just learn Fruity Loops or, um, you know, some computer-based program, and that was the, the basis of his production style, it don't feel like nothing. It's, it's, it's all synthetic, and it, it just doesn't it doesn't hit the same way in my opinion but that doesn't necessarily mean it ain't real it's just it ain't um it, it, it ain't boom back um i think some well I, uh, most of the time with stuff is not how you do it it's not what you do it what you do is how you do it um agree <clears throat> when it comes to, when it comes to the old hip-hop they've been sampling stuff for since the beginning like well, if it's not the exact beginning, like early traces, like I mean, early yeah, I on they were they were sampling they were sampling James Brown like crazy, you know. Yeah. Um, so 
I think that's part of hip hop because it's like an homage to like the old. But if it got to be done right, you can't just you know. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you think about a lot of songs back in the day. They had a lot of songs. They had the same beat at, at, during the same time. Um, but it's about how how it's done. If you're just grabbing a beat just because it has a, it's gonna make people have a familiarity to it, then that's just I think that's just a corny way of um, making music. But if you pay respects to it, because like I forgot who was saying it, but it was T. I, well, you know what? It was actually off of that that um, hustle and flow thing that Ti and and Cardi B and Chance the Rapper did on Netflix. They were saying like when you sample a beat or sample something that's well known, you gotta kill it because you gotta pay respect to that for using it. Right. So. So I think it's it's part of that. It's part of the culture, but you don't want to use that in um in a way in a corny way. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that's what we've been doing in the late nineties. <laughs> well, because it's it's been some clever ways this stuff been used lately. Because if you think about it, like um, this is not necessarily hip hop, even though Bryson Tiller, for instance. Bryson Tiller, he's a lot of his music. He's been using a lot of um, early, uh, well, late '90s, early 2000s stuff. Um, he done poached off of uh, Jodeci, some Timbaland stuff. Um, but he's done it in a clever way with the beat, where it's like I, I can, I, I can appreciate him doing that. I'm I'm gonna go out I'm gonna go out and say that sampling does not qualify something as real hip hop. I think it it is an important part of of keeping the the genre and the music sounding fresh, and keeping it sounding soulful. But like 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 you said, it's it's not what you do is how you do it. Because I've heard stuff yeah. that sounded like samples, it wasn't samples, and then I've heard stuff that wasn't samples but did sound like samples. And I think I think groups like the Roots. Have kind of taught us that you know something doesn't need to be you know a sample uh, from an old record to be considered real hip hop. Um, but we got a, a lot of people who do sample it, but they do it in such a unimaginative, you know, stale way. You like you, you still don't want to listen to it, you know. So I just wanted to throw that question out there. That was actually a question Reggie wanted me to, to discuss and get into. He he had sent me this. Um, this YouTube video with this old school producer who was basically saying that um, he, I forgot his name, but he had worked with uh, the Audio 2 and MC Light back in the day, but he was saying that um, he was making the argument that samples you don't need to sample in hip-hop, like basically for stuff to become, or or to qualify as real hip-hop. And you know, I agree with that. I agree. With that. No, no, I'm I, sorry. He said I, the opposite. He said he said the opposite because when somebody brought up the roots, he was saying he said that he said that black thought uh, is the reason why the roots are considered real hip hop. But, but he was saying without black thought, they would be considered just a regular band. Mm-hmm. I disagree. Like hip hop, uh, Questlove got as deep hip hop roots as anybody else. I mean, they are a band for sure, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that position at all. Yeah, because a lot of times when people, like people, when you, when, when people say hip hop, they don't think about 
the other three elements. Right. Because there's, there's four elements to hip hop. So people right. always think about just the rapping part, you know. So um, you got your break dancing, tagging, MCing. Um, which one am I forgetting? DJ, oh. you forgetting this last one. You of all people. <laughs> <laughs> the DJing, yeah. <laughs> but see, the DJing, that's a part of the music part. But it's like when when people say hip-hop, they don't even think about that hip-hop is a culture. They look at they just look at it as a genre of music. Exactly. And yeah. the music is just as much a part of it. Like the band itself that's making the music is just as much a part of the song as the rapper. So Absolutely. you can't say roots ain't hip hop. Um, you can't say that. Yeah, yeah. So for the for the sake of time, man, we're going uh, for the sake of time, we're, we're not going to be able to get into our our topic as far as radio singles and uh, the art of the radio single and, and what songs, what album cuts, deep album cuts we've heard in years past that we felt should have been radio singles. Or, or we're going to get to that next week, just for the sake of time, but. Uh, real quick, we're going to dive into a overrated, underrated segment. The first one, uh, boxed wine, overrated or underrated? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with underrated, I guess. Yeah, I'm going underrated. I love it. I got to go, yeah, I got to go yeah. underrated. I got to go underrated. Yeah. I know people thinking me as a liquor snob, but I think box like wine, I so. think box Box wine is coming a long way from back in the day. <laughs> hey, wine is more food no more. <laughs> yeah, it's underrated. It, it's around for a reason. <laughs> right. That's a right. good question, man. That is a good question. <laughs> yeah, um, man, it's, it's, it's underrated, man. You got you got some quality box lines out there, and it, it oh, man, when you do the price comparisons, man, it's so cheap, like. I'll buy a $14 cat, but I'll also buy a $14 box Franzia that's, that has more than five times as much as I'm getting out of that one, one bottle of Cabernet. So, you know. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Necessity is the mother of uh, innovation, they say. So, box yes, wine is great. <laughs> All right. Next up, Raisin Brand. Overrated or underrated? Underrated. Underrated. Rated, Raisin Brand is fantastic. Overrated. I gotta go overrated. Jamil, man, I got into I got into it with two twenty year olds in my field service group the other day because they were talking about how they love Raisin Brand. I'm just like, what? Twenty year old? That's weird, man. Man, I ain't never got a C, let alone eat Raisin Brand ever again. <laughs> <laughs> There's better ways to get your fiber, man. Better ways. <laughs> man. Man. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll eat it if it's like in the house, but it's like it's like the twentieth cereal on the list of cereals I would actually eat. It's like I, I just I just don't get it. I don't get the fascination with it. All right, next up, yeah. cornbread. Overrated or underrated? The corner who made it. <laughs> I was just gonna say that made, made properly is still underrated. Yeah, yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go underrated. I gotta go underrated. Yeah, yeah. You don't see cornbread enough. You know, 
you go to a picnic, no. a standard picnic, a cookout, you get rolls, uh, you know, stuff like that, but you don't see a lot of cornbread these days. I, I think I think cornbread nah, is right. All right, next up, Long Island iced tea. Overrated. Underrated. Drinking that trash. Um, I say underrated because that's my default drink when I can't think of something else to, to get. I mean, it'll give me a long hour. That's the very reason why I feel like it's overrated because I think that's a lot of people's <laughs> go-to drink when they can't die. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, I guess you can say it like that, too. <laughs> yeah, I got to go. You- I got to go. I got to go overrated <laughs> on Long Island. And, like, I've had, them, I've had them made fresh in a bar. I've had them, like, the pre-mix kind. And, like, I'm just not feeling it. It's just the taste. You know, yeah. I see too many cocktails out there. I can order uh, scotch and ginger ale. That's uh, large. Uh, seven and seven, a Manhattan. It's like, it's just lemonade and bourbon. You know, it's just, I don't know, man. It's Long Island. It's like a white girl drink to me or something. I may have had just one too many and I'm kind of over them. That might be it, too. Perhaps. At least it ain't a Midori, a Midori sour like everybody's first drink. <laughs> Midori sour. Yeah, I'm going back, ain't I? A <laughs> L- little bit, little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, showing, I'm showing my age. <laughs> hey, we right, we right there with you. We right there with you. Yeah, that's what everybody drink, boy. When we first started drinking, yeah, get a Midori well, sour. Yeah. <laughs> That is no, funny to me. He was drinking Incredible Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Hypno and Henny, man. All right, man. Next up, overrated or underrated, man? Reading Rainbow. Underrated. <laughs> Bob Burton is a, is a national treasure. <laughs> he was. He was underrated. It's underrated. It's underrated. He was poised to become. The, the 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 black Mister Rogers man, and I don't know what happened. That's real. Like, show went away. Because uh, he, 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 he became Jordy. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah, he became Jordy from Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought he was Jordy before that. Before reading Rainbow, no. Nah, nah reading Rainbow, Rainbow, man. That, nah, that was before that. Long before. Okay. Just look at the size of the afro one, you know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. All right, last one. Um, going fishing. Underrated. Un- underrated. It's the age I'm at now. Underrated. Right. Yeah, I'm, defer- I'm deferring <laughs> to y'all on this one because I've that- never been fishing my entire life. Yeah. If you go fishing, I guarantee you will enjoy it. It's the tranquility of it all. It's like... It's not, it's nothing about actually catching a fish. It's just out there, being out there with some people you yeah. enjoy company with. That's all it's about. If you catch I a agree. fish, that's a bonus. Yeah, I, I really want to go, man. I really want to go. It seems like something I would enjoy, especially if I got, like, a bottle of something with me, man, the whole time. Mm-hmm. Oh, you get you some box go. wine? <laughs> <laughs> box of wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I, it's something I definitely want to do, man. It's on my bucket list, but yeah, it seems like very just soothing and and just something I I could definitely get into. I would definitely want to catch a fish, though. It's like, man, I, I got to kill something while I'm out here. Right, right. Um, 
<laughs> so, yeah, yeah. All right. So, real quick, man, we're going to dive into our segment, our final segment, like we always do. Uh, what you bumping? Where we invite y'all to share with the listeners what y'all been bumping for the past week, whether it be new, old, or just something the listeners ain't heard before. So, we start off with you, Vince. This week, what you been bumping? Uh, that don't kill me, but I was listening to Jaquise earlier today. Uh, King R&B. It's King R&B album. I laugh, but it's actually a dope album. Until you hear it. You, you said what? I said I've heard, said it. I heard, heard it. it. It was it was a decent album. Yeah, it is. It actually is. Like it really is. I was listening to um Tory Lane's album too. That was that was that was a neat album. Uh listening to um Anderson Pack, his Oxnard. Uh then I was listening to some old school naughty by nature. Oh snap. <laughs> yeah, I just for some reason I just felt like listening to them. Uh, I heard that um I heard I was listening to Jagged Edge too. So I heard that song that has that that um Naughty by Nature beat on it. And then I'm like, Oh, I gotta hear some Naughty by Nature now. <laughs> that's how it goes. So, yeah. That's how the rabbit hole goes, man. You hear one yeah. thing and then you gotta hear something else that reminds you of it. Yeah. All right, Jamil, man, this week, what you been bumping? Um, continuing down my uh, funkadelic journey. Uh, so this week it will take it to the stage with one of my uh, favorite song titles on that album. I will not say it on whack. Just look at the <laughs> list and you can probably figure out which one it is. <laughs> but it was hilarious yeah. to me. Yes, sir. I'll give you half of it. No backstage pass. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. So what album is this again? Uh, Funkadelic, Take It to the Stage. Oh, okay. Um, I also had to go back and listen to that um, No News is Good News, Fonte. And... Um, Little brother made a little watch. Had to get that one back in the rotation. Nice, um, nice. Also, I've been checking for this cat, Alexis French. Um, I didn't really listen to an album yet. I was just kind of listening to a playlist, but this on some chill, relaxed stuff. He's a, a, a pianist from the UK. Just on some classical stuff. Was playing that while I was working. Pretty dope. Okay. Are you all familiar with Mick Jenkins? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you check his music out too. Yeah, man. Yeah, he one of them dudes that I thought was gonna blow up a little bigger than he did, and it's just yeah, like never really kind of plateaued. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. This week I just been bumping. I've actually been bumping Nas's "It Was Written" album. Um. Hmm. I've also been bumping Pigeon John as Clueless, uh, his first album. I've been getting into DJ Spinner's uh, 
compositions volumes one and volumes four. I don't know why I just went skipped from <laughs> one all the way up to four, but, but I did <laughs> for some reason. Um, and I've also been bumping um, Sky Zoo and Dumbo Station, uh, the Bluest Note EP. Have you seen that, uh, Jamil? I did see it. I haven't listened to it yet. Okay. Um, you might like it. You might like it. <laughs> Dude, I keep giving Sky Zoo shot after shot after shot. And, like, he just doesn't do it for me, man. He just don't hit that sweet spot for me. Like, and, and dude is not whack, but he just, he's not an MC that makes me hit the rewind button. It's like, I don't, I never want to hear a Sky Goo verse. If he's featured on a song, I'm like, I'm probably not going to be into this. He's just boring to me. And it's like, he has a good ear for beats. And it's like, I'm listening to it. And I'm like, why aren't I, why aren't I feeling this? Like, like, I feel I should be. I know what you mean. Some people I think Sky Zoo for you is Reggie Slum Village. It, it cracks me up here. You talked about him. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> Reggie's just straight disrespectful to Slum Village. I, 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 respect, I respect where Sky Zoo is coming from. He's clearly a dude who came up on other good lyricists. You could tell he puts effort into what he does. Maybe, I think it's the sound of his voice. It's just he's too monotone yeah. and too drab for me. And it's like he just doesn't excite me. He just doesn't excite me. And it's like I, I don't know what it is, man. He just and I keep giving him shot after shot, like like oh he had Apollo Brown produce this album. This ought to be good. And then it's like no, nah, no, nah, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, but in closing, um, I had a couple things to say on one of the topics we touched on last week, um, the, the, the Netflix show uh, Black AF. Mm. And I was able to, I, I was talking, actually talking about it with my wife, because she, she had an opinion that I, I hadn't really, or angle I hadn't really considered with the show and, and some of the criticism it was getting. I don't. I don't. I'm not going to criticize the casting. I'm not going to criticize the format. I'm not going to criticize the humor. But I am starting to see people's understand people's criticism of the title of the show because the title of the show insinuates that you're going to get this unapologetically black experience. But the, the show is very, very reflective of his personal life, which is cool. But on the show his daughter is doing a documentary to get herself into this NYU film school. You know, he's this accomplished a TV producer. You know, he exists in a very rarefied air that a lot of black people just don't have the privilege of existing in. And to be quite honest, a lot of white people don't have the privilege of existing in. So, it's called a show, Black AF. It can be a little misleading. So I understand the criticism there. That, that's all I have to say. I don't, because it, it actually makes perfect sense to me. Based on what you just said, you don't have a lot of... Uh, it's not a lot of people in general, right? But it's certainly more white folks who experience the similar lifestyle than he does. So I took it as... Yeah, I'm, I'm here in this space that doesn't traditionally have people that look like me. We black AF out here, and in <laughs> some ways, in some ways, they very much are. That's that's one way of looking at it. Um, you know what, what would be an even better name for the show? 
black privilege. Well, <laughs> yeah, I actually like that one better. <laughs> yeah. Mm, that's, yeah, that's um, so great. I think that would be a better name for the show. I didn't know how you were going to feel about that, Jamil, but... <laughs> nah, I dig it. I dig it. You know, but I understand I understand the criticism. Like, like if Larry Davis' show was called uh, Jewish AF or Kosher AF, like, I, I can kind of see <laughs> the people, you know, some people having a problem with it. I like that, though. Kosher AF is hilarious. <laughs> you know, that, one, that one's off the dome. That one's for free, people. <laughs> Man dropping jewels effortlessly. <laughs> but um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's um, yeah, that's 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 why I'm there with it. That's why I'm there with it. I I do kind of understand that. So um, next week, I I don't know if I'm going to do a show next week. I'm thinking of taking off um a week or so just to give myself a break. Um, but I'll, I'll see what happens. But uh, one of the one of the future topics we want to get into, I I, I already kind of touched on it. Um, old songs from albums that were you know B sides or whatever that we felt should have been singles or bigger singles, and, or could have got some decent radio play. Um, another another topic I want to uh, dive into is what do you all miss more, um, the era of the comp- hip hop compilation or the mixtape era? Um, which one do you think was doper? Which one do you remember more fondly? And what are your some of your must listen to either compilations or mixtapes uh, from the genre? Um, I also got a, quite a few of like '90s era uh, album face-offs. I want to do Midnight Marauders versus The Fugees' The Score. Uh, Nod, mm. it was written versus Ghostface Killers, Iron Man, and I also wanted to do Slick Rick, the art of storytelling, uh, up against Rakim's The Eighteenth Letter. So uh, those are a few, a few of the ones <clears throat> I got in the can. So um, in closing, Jamil, man, you got any uh, you got any closing thoughts for us? Final words? Uh, I'm sure y'all touched on this, but just in case, happy anniversary to the infamous. 25 oh, years not. this week. I did yeah, not man. Make sure y'all go back and check that out. Uh, 25 years of the infamous and and ironically, murder murder music. 21 years old this week as well. Wow! Wow! Mm. Wow! 25 years of the infamous. Wow! That's crazy when you when you think. When you remember that the music we'll be listening to is like over twenty years old, that is crazy. That is wild. That is wild to me. Yeah, we are officially old. Yeah. Yeah, but the um, our music keeps us young. Right. It's timeless. The music. The music I'm, is I'm amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually thirty-eight today. So. Um, oh snap! Congratulations. Yeah. 20, yeah. So, but. My thirty eight ain't my father's thirty eight. <laughs> you know? That's 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 real. That's real. Like I'm still. I'm, 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 I started my Jordan journey this year. So I'm, <laughs> right, I'm, by, I'm, on, I'm born Jordan one up to thirteen. Like my father wasn't doing that, and no thirty eight. 
Nah. Nah. Music, nah. Our, our, our music, our music is what kept us. Like we still have a relevance to um, like the culture under us because of our music. Yeah. But for the most part, I, I think, I think, I think to a certain extent we do, and then to a certain extent we don't, because there's definitely. <clears throat> There's definitely a break in the culture where, man, like young people just ain't, ain't hearing us. You know what I mean? And it's like that's why I get so frustrated when people get, get when other people get frustrated with twenty year olds for like not owning any Biggie and Pac albums. And it's like, you know, okay, you gotta cut them to slack. It's like if you were born in the year two thousand, what are the chances you're gonna own any Biggie and Pac albums? That's like that's like asking right. me how come I don't own any Houdini albums. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Exactly so, right. But um, but I still think at some level our music is still played in the club. Like when they get when they get rid of when they get done with all of the the um recent hits and the, the stuff that's played now, they going to our music. There is there is something to that. Cash money yeah. taking yeah. over the nine nine to the thousand. whether it's R and D whether it's R and B and hip hop, even house. Like yeah. that is that is our music. I mean it might be five to ten years the house five to ten years ahead of us, but I mean we we were at the um like I have an affinity for house music too, but we were kinda of about and closer to the end of it than when it was really right. big. Right. Yeah. But I mean we still part of that too, so yeah, we caught the they play yeah, right. Percolator like at every at every party. They play the Percolator. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure we still have a relevance there. Yeah, yeah, but hey, we 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 still getting old too. I'm, I'm sure our parents thought that their music was keeping them young too. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's true. But their music, their music sounds old though. Like Usher just dropped uh, us. Nah, it sounds old to them too, cause they call it oldies. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> but I mean, like for instance, Usher. Usher been around for so long, but he just dropped a song that they got a whole new slide off of called "The Sauce." Um, that song with him and LMA. Okay. You know the beat that they sampled. You know the, the beat they sampled off of uh, the Jacksons. Uh, Let me show you the way to go. Okay. I haven't heard it. That song. Yeah, um, they got a whole slide off of it. That the boy they called the sauce challenge. So it's like that's just still around. Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. Make a lot of points. There's he, still a connection there. Is he as big as the weekend? You know what I mean? Is he as big as <laughs> shoot Jacquees? You know, people our age um, say yeah, he's, he's bigger than them. But like, you know. Things change, you know. Young people might yeah, feel the babies. The babies don't feel that way. That's true to some. Well, I guess maybe to some degree. But then when you look at Usher, he still looks young. The dude's still wearing the 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 younger style haircut. He, you know, his dressing. I just think, I think our culture keeps us young. Is what I'm saying. Because like we ain't wearing the Bill Cosby sweaters like our parents were at, at 38. Right. <laughs> no, we know, we wearing cardigans. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the sweaters that you could, you know, the wind can still blow through it and you get cold. Cause it's, you know, <laughs> we ain't wearing them type, of, them type of clothes and stuff like that. We still, like I said, we still wearing sneakers. Like, I'm a sneakerhead. Yeah, yeah. I can talk to the young guys about this. 
I'm like, man, the, the shoes y'all wearing, I wore already and wearing them again. Because retros are still right. in, in fact. Right. Like, I, they, like, you know, now the Harachi's out. I'm like, man, y'all, this is the second version. The second coming of Harachi. I was wearing them when they first came out. They're like, oh, for real? Yeah, man. You got, you got to put the young ones on game, man. Like, like some somebody got it. But, um... Yeah, man, that's that, that. That's the show, man. That's the show. Vince, Jamil, I want to thank y'all, gentlemen, for, for for tapping in tonight. Oh, Jamil, did y'all ever do y'all's review of uh, y'all's discussion of the Last Dance uh, documentary? Uh, yeah, 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 we did. Okay, I don't okay, know when y'all did. Put it out though. You said what? I don't know when he gonna put it out yet. Who did it? Chris or Greg? Chris. Greg was on there, but Chris did it. Okay, Chris. Chris usually puts stuff out within a week. Like Greg be holding on to stuff for like months. <laughs> Dude, I got, I got, I got album reviews. I did a year and a half ago for him. He still ain't dropped. <laughs> right, sitting in the boat. <laughs> like man, let 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 the, let the episodes go, man. We'll release them. And uh, oh, and 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 I don't know if you got to check it out, uh, Jamil, uh, Vince for you too. Uh, me and Jason did a side episode. We reviewed. Uh, R.A. The Reggae Man's latest album, All My Heroes Are Dead. Check it out. Check out the album. Um, I think it's definitely worth listening to. Did you ever get a chance to finish really? that, Jamil? I still ain't finished it. Okay. Okay. All right. No worries. No worries. But um, again, I want to say, what? I said I'll check it out. Okay. Okay. I'll send you. I'll send you the link to the to the to the review then. And yeah, definitely check out the album. So yeah, that that'll be our show. Like I said, I keep y'all posted as far as what I decide to do next week. Um, uh, you know, within a reasonable amount of time, and uh, we'll, we'll dive into those those next topics most definitely. Uh, but with that, uh, just want to thank y'all and uh, bid y'all adieu and say peace. All right, peace, peace, peace.
it's not really racist to just say blacks and Jews, I guess. <laughs> just to say. Just to say it. Yeah, although it wouldn't be really cool to like stand on the subway platform and just go, blacks and Jews. <laughs> blacks and Jews. <laughs> I'm not being racist. I'm saying blacks and Jews. Blacks and Jews, blacks and Jews. Blacks and Jews, blacks and Jews. It's okay, blacks and Jews.